Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Have been away for a long, long time. I will address that, but let's get straight into it. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Um, welcome back to me, to be quite honest. I have been away for a long, long time. My last podcast I did would be, it would have been this year, I know that for sure. I'll just get an actual date. I believe it was an NBA one, definitely, I think, off the top of my head. It was July the 8th, NBA wrap-up. So I've been away for nearly five months. So that's a long, long time. Um, any reason? No, not really, to be quite honest. I've just been pretty lazy, you know, absolutely lazy. Um, you know, I've had a couple of things go through, but nothing really major, like nothing personal or anything. I've just been new jobs, you know, still doing my coaching and things like that and just life getting in the way, to be quite honest. This is just a bit of a hobby for me, a bit of fun. Possibly I can make it into something, who knows. I'd like to think that I would, but I just do really just do this for a lot of fun. It's a joy and just lets me talk about basketball. And then other things too. But yeah, nothing really been happening with me to be quite honest, apart from just getting a new job, just getting back to the swing thing of coaching. Um, yeah, nothing much really in that sense. Um, there has been a lot, you know, going on in the NBA, I'll say that. But yeah, with me, I've been pretty good, pretty low key. Being, you know, up and down throughout the year as everybody goes through. But, you know, feeling good right now. Feeling good right now. I will say my knee is pretty fucked, but, you know, Take the negatives with the positives and so forth. If that makes sense to anybody, it does to me, so I'll roll with it. But NBA, man, back into it. You know, I, I thought I was going to, you know, straight get straight into the full season. You'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this, this, this. Never did it. Super lazy. But the NBA is back, and it's actually been a pretty good season. It's been a really good season in the sense, I'll say, with the teams we thought were going to be, like, dead set great, like a Warriors, you know, I thought the Nets were going to be okay still because they're, KD. they're not as good and there's been a lot of teams that have been surprising that have been pretty good so far. I'll also throw Miami in there too. But there's been a lot of surprises and I know you guys would have heard a lot about the, the Lakers and the Nets. I'm going to do like two minutes. Lakers and Nets are both teams that are poorly constructed. They don't fit the personnel of the superstars they have. Uh, firstly, the Lakers... The Lakers, dead set, won a championship and have the blueprint to win with LeBron and AD, right? Surround them with shooters, really good defensive players, and then some guys that can go get you a bailout bucket at times, right? So look at the 2020 championship roster. They're starting five. LeBron, AD, obviously you have those two. You had JaVale McGee starting there. You know, really good defender. Rim runner can go get your boards. You know, can play in the pick and roll. They had Contavious Caldwell-Pope, a great three-point shooter and defender. A player who's an absolute gem in this today's in today's league. Sorry, he he will be relevant for years to come. He's a great fit with the Denver Nuggets right now. And then sometimes they'd start Rajon Rondo. You know, sometimes they'd start Avery Bradley. So that team was dead set full of really good players that fit around LeBron. Now, if you look at that roster, that starting five, it's not a a, a roster a t- starting five. Sorry, that you know blows your mind, but it fits what they had right. So. What they're doing at the moment, it's it's a bit puzzling to me because I'm not too sure what the end game is here. They can't win a championship as, construct, as constructed and they barely have any trade assets to trade, right? So they're going to have to probably make way with this team. 
Now, there has been some shining lights. I will say Lonnie Walker's been really good for them. Austin Reeves is, you know, starting to sprout and, and become a really good player for them. But the overhanging question will be Russell Westbrook. Now, he has played better coming off the bench. I understand that. But I just don't think that they fit. He fits, sorry, with LeBron and AD. And that's completely fine, you know. And the only real trade-up I'm assuming that might be out there is that Indiana one where they have they can get Miles Turner and Buddy Hill, but for two first rounds. Now, the players would fit with LeBron. Because a defensive center, Miles Turner, he can stretch the ball a little bit, okay? And it pushes AD back to the four. So they'll have a better, you know, defensive lineup there. Buddy Hield, great three-point shooter. Can't really play defense. Every time he goes to his left hand, he's looking to pull up. If you guys don't know that, that's an advanced stats. That was just something off the top of my head I knew from Buddy Hield. So he's not a great, you know, defensive player, but he can score, okay? He can shoot the ball at a high clip. So LeBron, he'd be able to play at his best with LeBron. So... If they're looking to win now, and it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, pull the trigger on that trade, I don't think it's a bad trade. Long term, it's bad because they'll have no first rounders, basically, and it's, it will be very interesting to see if they do it. But I, I, I do think Rob Palinka would do it. I know I'm going a little bit overboard on the Lakers and Nets, but it, it's interesting to me. Uh, I also think Rob Palinka is not a very good GM in the sense of building a roster. Now, we did set saw him build a like he built a roster and won a championship. But in the years he's been there, they've missed the playoffs twice. They got bounced in the first round. Now, no injuries, you know, but they still got bounced in the first round. And they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So it's three years, you know, early exits, one year really good. It's not very good, if you ask me. And I think he needs to be probably considered as someone that if he doesn't do good this year, if they don't do good this year, maybe punt him. Now, I understand... He probably does good things for them inside, internally. He's a great speaker. He's an agent. So he does know, you know, the basketball game, you know, pretty well. But I will say his track record isn't great. And maybe he's just not suited to be a GM. That, that, that could be a dead set case for me. But I'm still interested to see what happens there. I would like to see them pull the trigger on the on the Miles Turner and, and Buddy Hill trade just because I want to see LeBron still have another year to compete because it just seems like he's wasting time now, and I don't want him to waste any time. So, my two sets of Lakers, poorly constructed team, they need three-point shooting and defensive players around them, and they don't really have any trade assets, so don't be shocked if they don't make any trades, because I just don't know if they can. I wouldn't be shocked if they do, but don't be shocked if they can't, they don't, because they probably can't. Now, i move on to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, they've been a fiasco the whole season. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Sometimes I look at players as rappers or players as music, musical artists because I, 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 love, I, love, I love a lot of my music. Back when I was younger, I used to listen to R&B and rap. Heavy all the time now. You know, I vary a lot. I, I do love my Tech House at the moment. It's really, really good. If you've never heard of Tech House or just or just beats that let you move and groove a little bit, definitely get into that. But side topic, like I'll look at like Kyrie Irving, right? If I was to consider him as a rapper or a musical artist, he'd be Kanye West because he's great. Great musician, great baller. One of the best we've ever seen. But the fucking shit that he can say and the things that he does, is it really worth it? Like, he, like he's barely played any games. He played 42% of his possible games, been suspended. Now, I know the COVID vaccination, that's fine. That's no worries with me. But it's not really worth it. And I saw KD come out. He said a couple of quotes that one of them I, I, did, I thought he was pretty wrong for saying, like, you know, how do you expect us to win? Look at the starting five. You can't just depend on me. Grow up, mate. Grow up. That's it. Don't be saying that. Like, they're your teammates. Tell your teammates going to respect you now. Now that you said that, if one of my teammates said that, 
I would lose respect for him instantly, straight away. I think that he's just for himself. But he also said something. He's like, the reason I wanted to get out was because I saw all the shit that was happening and they weren't putting, you know, any responsibility on me and I was having to put it all on myself. And I think it's interesting. He'll probably request a trade. He probably won't be there in a year's time, I don't think. But the Nets, it's just a soap opera. It's, it's, it's a team I would hate to be going for. One of my good, one of my good mates, Armand, he goes for him. It'd be horrible to go for him because it's just new shit every day with them. Now, as constructed, they're not far off, I'll say, like from... Like, I think they'll make the playoffs just because I think if KD Curry actually start playing and Ben Simmons gets back to it, I think that that three there is talent enough to produce a playoff spot. You know, I, I think like a team like Indiana, they'll drop out eventually. You know, they have been going pretty good, but I don't think they, that they can sustain a top four finish. Now, we're only, you know, 20, 20 21 games into the season. We're not super far, but that's, that's nearly a quarter. You know, so that's, that's a good sample size. I just don't think... Pardon me. <coughs> I just don't think that they can sustain that. Now, they possibly could. Who knows? I think Tyrese Halliburton this year would be an all-star, but I just think that they're a little bit too thin. So I would still see, you know, like Brooklyn, that talent's pretty good. You know, there's been some standouts for them. You know, Watanabe, Utah Watanabe from Japan. He's been really, really good for them. I think they need to look to try to trade Joe Harris ASAP. Also, Neil's been a good fit for him, but they need to get another big. They need to get another big. I think Nick Claxton does a good job. I think Ben Simmons needs to play the point guard. I I do believe that. Push Kyrie to the two. Literally have all his job to do is to go score. Now, they do play Ben Simmons in a lot of situations where he's setting screens and he's rolling. I don't mind it. I don't mind it, but you're not maximizing his potential to the fullest. I would even look at maybe doing what Golden State did with Andrew Bogut. Now it's it's a bit out there, but I, I, I like to I like to experiment with certain things. Make him a passing passing big and let him just infiltrate the offense through him. Or even like Draymond Greg would be an even better example. Let him do all of that, you know? Like imagine Dr- imagine Draymond, I mean Ben Simmons faking a handoff going to the rack. Like he's six ten, super athletic. No one's gonna get in his way. Like I think that would be a better situation to put him in. Now, completely different teams, completely different offenses, completely different coaching styles, but I would have Ben Simmons in that op- option, and then I'd give him the ball in any transition and let him go downhill fast. Because we've seen, you know, he's not, it's not that he's lost his basketball talent or the yips. Like, say what you want about what happened in that situation, but he's still a, a valuable asset, I think, at the league. And in the right situation, he could still be a dead set all-star Maybe possibly all NBA defensive again. I don't think about all NBA in one sec- first, second, or third team. But I still do believe that he can be a pretty good asset in, in the NBA. So if they can use him in right situations and just get in quick, chippy, easy buckets, I think it will put the pressure off of him and just let him play. Now, it's probably not a great situation for him to go to. Looking back, and remember when everyone was like, Brooklyn's a great situation. Not as much pressure, but the fit's not great. You know... KD Kyrie can shoot, Joe Harris can shoot, but he's a defensive liability. If you guys watched the Philadelphia 76ers game this past week or a couple of days ago, he dead set gets targeted every time. Like Brooklyn lost to Philadelphia with no stars, really. I think Tyrese Maxey was out, Embiid was out, Harden was out, Harris was their first option, and they got beaten. That's not a positive sign to me, you know. And I think Jack Vaughn's done a, has done a better job, but Steve Gash was a scapegoat. I think I think a lot of the, the stuff will lean towards a head coach getting sacked first and trained a player because it's easier to do that. And it's a business and it's 
he could, he could have been a bad coach. I doubt it because the first year he he got on. I thought they would have won the finals if Arden was healthy, but he's not a bad coach, and he's done. He's dealt with a lot of bullshit, like a dead set, a lot of bullshit. So I I, I really believe that you know if he gets another coaching job in a in a more stable situation or a situation where he can look to rebuild, I think that would be perfect for him, and you actually see his uh, coaching style. Because he's had some great tutelage. Like, he's been under Steve Kerr at the Warriors. Mark D'Antoni, who's a great offensive-minded coach. So I think he would be still a great coach. But the whole Brooklyn Nets situation is crazy to me. Go and get a big fella who can get you a lot of boards, run the rim. Nick Laxon's a good player, but they need another player like that. You know, Bad Simmons should probably play that point guard for me and then defend their best player. And then Kyrie Caddy could just go out and cook. And then they're sitting there, and they dead set need a guy that's a glue guy. Maybe like a Jared Vanderbilt. Now, I don't think they can go get someone like him, but he would be a perfect piece for them, I would think. Now, Royce O'Neal is there, but he would provide just a little bit more length and size, and I think that would be a really nice piece for them. He's very under the radar, so I, I, I think if they can look to maybe do a trade for him, maybe, or something like that, Utah will probably look to sell pretty soon now that they're coming down from, down from the top into the pack. So that could be a situation. I do know I wasn't going to go too much on the Lakers and Nets, but it's just so interesting to me to see how these teams were going to be, you know, touted as finals, you know, for years to for years to come to bottom of the of the of their respective conferences. Now, I will go back and, and say the Nets will not like they won't win a championship ever with KD and Kyrie. I thought they would off. They never will. And I think LeBron won't win another championship at the Lakers. Not very hot takes, very pretty lukewarm to cold takes. But if you said that two years ago, you wouldn't have thought that. Like you would have thought that they, they, these teams could have been competing in the finals against each other. Now, I'll move on. Some of the teams that I have really, really liked, and then some of the teams I haven't liked. I'll start with the, the negatives first, the teams that haven't been so great. The first team for me, and it's not even a hard you know, thought for me, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves for me had, I will, I will go on record here and say this will be the worst trade of the 2020s of the NBA. This trade is horrible for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it's going to be one of the best trades for the Utah Jazz. Danny Ainge did this back back when he had the Celtics, when he traded KG, Pierce, who were kind of at the tail end of their prime, Jason Terry for a bunch of first-rounders and some, some, some you know role players. But in return, they got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. So you look at it, Fantastic tick wins that trade, right? Sets them up for the future for many, many years to come. We're going to see that soon in the Utah Jazz. Minnesota has all their picks, and I think they're building around the wrong player. For some reason, I think they're building around Cat, and they shouldn't be building around him. They should be building around Anthony Edwards. If you look at the NBA, the past five to ten years, teams that win the chip, 2011, the Mavericks, right? I'll say this. That was a bit of an anomaly. Right? A big man was their best player in Dirk. 2012, Miami, Wings, right? LeBron, Wade. Same year, 13, LeBron, Wade. 14, Spurs. They had Timmy, great big, right? Really good big. Sorry, the, the Heat also had Bosch with Timmy, who was a little bit, you know, past his absolute prime, but still a very, very good player. But they had Kawhi, good wing, got finals MVP. Tony Parker, Ginobili, right? Danny Green. That's when we started to see the new era of basketball, right? So not a lot of bits. So only a really, really good big. Warriors, Splash Brothers, right? 16, LeBron, Cavs, Kyrie, 17. Warriors, KD, you know, 
KD, Steph, Clay, Wings, right? Straight to straight they back to back. Raptors, Wings, Kawhi, you know, Pascal, who's a who's a big but not a technically, you know, sound, you know, like prototypical big. Could put the ball on the floor, could stretch it. Kyle Lowry, twenty. LeBron, AD, twenty one. Giannis, right? Big players that can have the ball in their hands, that can do work. 22. Warriors, right? So you don't really see a lot of like dominant bigs like Joel, Nikola Jokic win competitions anymore. And I think, you know, going back to my point there, the, the Twin Towers will not work. And they got a dead set stud in Anthony Edwards. Stud. Like he is going to be, we saw last year, I thought this year he would be an all-star. Dead set easily. Then they've done this. It's a horrible trade. I think that they're going to have to look to trade California Towns because they're not going to, and, and this is the thing, they probably won't, but I would because they can't trade Gobert now because they just traded for him and they can't trade him for a certain amount of time. Now they have re-signed uh, California Towns, but they can trade him next year. They're not going to trade Gobert because the haul they gave up for him to get him, it's too much. So they won't do that. But I'm just perplexed with the trade. Bill Simmons, who is the best podcaster in sports ever, he hit the nail on the head. This will be the worst trade. It's a typical brand new owner wants to have a big swing. You know, get a get a get an all star player into their team. Rudy Gobert for me is not a valuable valuable asset for me. Like I wouldn't want him on my team. Like if I had him for the right price, cool. But he's going to be making stupid amount of money soon. He can't play offense that well. Right, he's kind of like Javale McGee on offense, and if you see the contract differentials, different uh, con- contracts, it's a massive difference in in pay. I would rather a solid big who can get you good ten points, ten rebounds, consistent. Now he does do, sorry, he does do that, but for the price, it's not worth it. Now he's a great defender, but is he actually in stats and metrics? But he is he actually a great defender? Like you look at it. Like, they're not a great defensive team this year, Minnesota. And we saw Dallas Mavericks last year kill him in dead set flat series. Shout out to Chris there. He will, he will be the only one that understands flat series and my youth league and my, my boys that I coached this year. <coughs> they dead set flattered him every time because he can't defend perimeter. So I don't think he's that great a defender. I would have, like, better defenders. Like, Kawhi's a better defender than him, I reckon. More malleable. AD's a better defender than him. You know, so... For him, Draymond's a better defender than him. So I don't think that, that this trade's great. I think Anthony Edwards needs the dead set go in there and say, look, run the offense through me. It looks selfish, but I just think that the Timberwolves, they could end up figuring it out, but they'll never win a championship with this team and it will haunt, their, haunt them in years to come because I think they're going to blow it up because their owner, you know, he's not afraid to make stupid moves, as we've seen. I could be wrong. I doubt it because I just... I just think that this is a terrible trade. So I've been disappointed with them. You know, I have been disappointed with the Warriors. Now, I am very biased towards the Warriors. We all know this, but they haven't been good. You know, James Wiseman's a situation that they need to get ready to go. Jordan Poole, Draymond, I haven't even talked about anything. Like, that's that's a big deal. Big deal. <coughs> Pardon me. It's a big deal. I don't know if they can come back from it. You know, before that, I thought they were going to go back to back. I thought the only team that could beat them possibly would be the Bucks. But now I'm not even sure if they get out of the West. Like, it's dead set. That's a big problem. You know, Phoenix is looking good. You know, they've got their own things to deal with. But, 
you know, Denver's a team I think that's going to be really good and will peak at the right time. The Grizzlies are tough. So I don't know about the Warriors. I will say, <coughs> pardon me, I will say that if they can get it to be, if they can get everyone, sorry, pardon me. If they can get everyone on the right page, I still think that they're going to be the toughest team to beat in the West. They're loaded. They're stacked. They are missing veteran presence. That's one big thing that Otto Porter had for him. Gary Payton wasn't a you know a veteran veteran, but he's been a journeyman and he's been around you know in situations for a long long time. So those players, it's tough to replace because we see we've seen with Kaminga, Moody. And Wiseman, those three players that they thought was going to come in and take you know the load from that, they haven't been as good as what we had thought or anticipated. Now, at times they look great. At times they look great. But at times they look like they're out of depth. They don't understand Steve Kerr's offense. And unfortunately, Draymond Green is going to have this situation for the rest of his career as you know a guy that punches his teammate. Now, who knows what happened? I heard a lot of reports, a lot of bullshit. I don't care, like... I wasn't there. I can't judge or have an actual opinion off of it, but it's not a good look, and it's gonna it's gonna just hinder them for a, as long as they let them hinder it. Now, I don't think them not suspending him. They should have suspended him, or should have suspended him pay or something. Would have been, you know, that they should have done that. I don't think he shouldn't have been from ring night because the way you look at it, the ring night was celebrating the season before. So I definitely thought he should have been at ring night, but. He, he might not be able to play the game or something, you know, like that. But if they can get on the right page, I still think that they're going to be really, really good. But at the moment, they're a disappointing team. Lakers and Nets also, they're disappointing for me. You know, they're, they're not good. They're not good at this point in time. You know, the, the Miami Heat right now, they're a little bit disappointing for me too because they didn't, like, really go and get anyone to replace P.J. Tucker. Now, I know that they have certain players that they, they, that, that they like to build from not drafting, but it just looks a bit strange to be at this point in time. I don't know what they're going to do. Sorry, pardon me, I'm a little bit sick at this point in time. But I don't know what they're going to do there. So I think that they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline, or they're going to be buyers for a Jay Crowder, you could say, because he would be a really good fit for them, a 3 and D shooter that could play in that system, has played in that system before, speed to the finals with him back in the, lock, in the uh, COVID bubble 2020 season. So I definitely think that, that that team really needs a player like Jay Crowder and he'd be a great fit for them. Just what they would give up for him, that's the question. But they have been a little bit disappointing and the Bulls have been a little bit disappointed for me too. But it's hard for me to gauge anything of them without Lonzo. You know, Lonzo is a big piece for them and it's it's hard for me to really judge them because when they had Lonzo they were, last year, you know, a top seed, really, really strong. But... A lot of people will say Lonzo's a bust, but Lonzo's still a productive NBA player, and he does a really, really good job doing a lot of the one percenters and the little things. And he's just a great basketball brain, and someone on, that you would love to have on your team at all times. Now, I'll move on to teams that have been pretty nice to watch, surprising some of them, but some have been really, really good. First team, it's the Cavs. The Cavs have been really, really nice to watch. Now, we all know that Donovan Mitchell has been traded there from the from the Utah Jazz, you know, for Laurie Marketed. And Colin Sexton and a couple of first rounders. I will say that's a good trade for both teams. And I didn't think it was to start, but it's a good trade for both teams. I'll talk about that the Jazz a little bit later. But the Cavs right now for me have been really, really nice to watch. 
I still think they're, I don't know if they're pretenders or not, but I think that they're like a Phoenix Suns type team where they'll have a, a really good roster, a really good balance. They do it by a committee at times, but they're not, maybe they're not that, they're maybe a piece away or they're maybe just stuck in the wrong timeline. You know, the best thing about them though is that they're very young. You know, Donovan Mitchell is like out of their core players. Kevin Love's their oldest, but Donovan Mitchell's like, as their superstar players, he's the oldest at 26. So there's plenty of time for them to grow and to possibly win a championship, you know, to be quite honest. But I really, really like them. I think Evan Mobley is the big piece for me, to be quite honest. I think they need to make him possibly the second option. And it, it might you might be thinking, like, what about DJ Garland? But we've seen right now, Garland's a true point guard right now with Donovan Mitchell. And I still think at this point in time, Donovan Mitchell should be your first option on that team. But Evan Mobley, to me, defensively, he's one of the best players defensively in the NBA right now. But he can do things that a lot of other players can do. His length and size helps him so much. And he's able to move like a guard and and defend, you know, winning players. I think they look to make him their second option. I think it'd be best for Cleveland, to be quite honest. And I really, really like what they're doing. But to me, I knew he was, his numbers were going to drop. But he, if you, just the eye, the eye test, it hasn't. Like, he's gotten better off the eye test. His stats might drop a little bit. But I love watching him play. I think if they can make him the second option, he'll be great. But it's just like the best thing for the Cavs and the best thing for Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, pardon me one second. The best thing for me with the Cavs, Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to be the best player every single night to win a game now, as he did at the Jazz. Like He had to be the best player every single night for the Jazz to win because who was their second option? Their second best player, you would say, is Rudy Gobert, right? He can't score. Like, he can't. Like, he, like he can't just throw the ball to the post. All right, go get me a bucket. Like, he can't really do that. That's not his game or style. You know, that's not a bad thing, but that's, like, it's tough for 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 Donovan. Who was their second option? Mike Conley, like Jordan Clarkson, who aren't bad players in a sense, but they're, if they're your second scoring option, you might have a little bit of problems. And, you know, we saw that. They, they, they weren't a sound team. But for me, like, Garland could go off at a certain night. Mowley could go off at a certain night. Even Karis LeVert could go off at a certain night, right? Like, Kevin Love could hit a couple threes, five, six threes a game. Like, he doesn't have to be the best player for them to win every game, and he's never been in that situation before in the NBA. So I really think that this year will be a nice... <sighs> pardon me. This year will be a nice foundation piece. Foundation um, will be a nice foundation season for them. They'll lay a good platform. They'll start to build the house, you know, and I think that looking back this, you know, two to three years' time, we could be talking about the Cavs saying, you know, that year that they that they had Donovan, they lost maybe the first or second round, but went seven games. They really laid a really nice platform down. So I think that was one of the best trades, you know, for both teams. Now I'll talk about the Jazz, the other team. I really like the Jazz, and I said this to one of my mates, Chris. I said, look, I don't think Jazz will be as horrible as what people think because I looked at their roster. It wasn't like a Detroit or a Houston or a San Antonio, where those teams, they're looking to take, but they're looking to get better. Or, okay, see, a lot of their players were good veterans, like good veterans that a lot of teams would want. Like, a lot of teams would want Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek played really, really good, Jared Vanderbilt I'm high on, you know, just to name a couple. And then the trade they got, Laurie Market and Colin Sexton, everybody thought Colin Sexton was going to be, you know, the dive piece. They thought he was going to be, you know, one of the greater players, one of the, you know, breakout players. 
could average possibly about 20 points a game on that team. He's held off the bench, still doing a good job. But the big piece has been, pardon me, Laurie marketed. Now, I will say this. I didn't say this on here, but I was on record. I said it in a, hor- a weird way. I said, I don't know if the Jazz will get enough wins, but I could definitely see Laurie marketed being a smoky or being an all-star this year. And my mate Chris and Marcus, they're like, nah, what are you talking about? Like, no way. But I looked at his Euro basket. He plays as a wing now. Like, he can move. He does. He moves well for a big man. He can defend. And he's having a great season right now. And I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I think he deserves to be an all-star right now. I'd be perplexed to see them name 11, 12 players better than him in the NBA in the West right now. And the Jazz have done better than how what anybody has thought. Like, they've dropped to the pack recently now, but the West is such a clustered, you know, conference right now. They win three games in a row, four games in a row, they're back to possibly being first again. So you have to reward them. I think their coach has done a really, really good job. I'm having a mind blank right now, but he's from Boston. He's done a really good job as a rookie head coach. He's able to hand the personalities well, and he's doing a really good job building a system. Now, for me, Danny Andrews basically pulled Brad Stevens 2.0, if you could say, and he's done a really, really good job with this team. You know, it was very, it's very eerily similar to Boston when they started to tank after that trade with KD, KG, Paul Pierce, right? Like, they got a bunch of young role players that were valuable, that played really, really well. They did draft well, but they just got good sound pieces for that team, and they ended up being better quicker than what teams fought. So I'm not, I'm not shocked to see them go really well. I think, if they, I think that they definitely can make the playoffs. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do or they don't. I really wouldn't be shocked if Danny Ainge, you know, pulls you know the rug underneath from him and says, All "Right, we're taking and dra- trades." You know, the, the Mike Conleys, trades the Jordan Clarks as the Kelly Linux for all the young players to start playing again. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would roll with it to be quite honest because you're a quarter way through. You see this could work, like, and you've got Minnesota's stash of picks. Like, give it a go this year, and then next year just tank it. Because I wouldn't be shocked to see them, you know, like take a team tough, take like a Phoenix to a, to a seven games because they're well coached, they're balanced, right, and they shoot the three ball excellently. You know, they've got five players on the court usually at all times that can shoot the three. It's hard to play against. Five out, it's hard to play against. So I, I really like them. Their coach's name's Will Hardy. I would just say he would be the coach of the year right now if you were to ask me because he's done the best job, I think, with... You know, you look at their roster, there's before the season, you didn't think there'd be an all-star on the team. And I thought, I did think, you know, Laurie could be a possibility. I didn't think he was, like, it's hard. But, like, there wasn't a dead set, you know, clear-cut all-star on their team as other teams that, you know, are above them. But they've done a really, really good job. And I do think they'll make the playoffs. You know, I, I really do think they'll make the playoffs. I'll go on record, I'll say the Jazz will make the playoffs. I hope they do. But if, if Danny Age... Trades all their players and die. They can't make it because they'll just look to take. But I will talk about another team that's impressed me, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, for me, have always been a team I've liked. They've got the best culture, I think, in the NBA right now. All their players love playing with each other and enjoy it. I think Tyler Jenkins is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA right now. I think he should be possibility, you know, if they get into that second seed again or first seed, he should be looking to get coach of the year. Like, he's done a really, really good job with the youth that they've got. They haven't had Jared Jackson, too, for a little bit, too. I think he start the, I think he has come back now. I, I could be wrong, but, you know, they've done a really good job. Like, they've done a good job, and I, I, I really think, like, for me, 
I just like them. I just like everything about them. Like everything, like they're just a fun group to watch. Like they, they go out, they play hard, they hustle, they do all the right things, they play the right way, they play with joy. So that's that's why I really like watching them. Pelicans have been pretty good too right now. You know, with Zion, I'm starting, you're starting to see the full potential. They'll definitely be in the playoffs. They're, they're a team that's still super-duper young. And I really like David Griffin and what he's built there. Long, big wings, big team, but all malleable, switchable, able to shoot the three really well. They've got a dead set scorer in Brendan Ingram. Zion adds a different component to that team. Jonas Valanciunas is a great big, could stretch the floor really, really well. And CJ McCollum has found a, a new lease of life, I would say, right now at the Pelicans. He's playing really, really well. So I wouldn't be shocked to see how good they go. But the most, one, of the more, one of the last teams I'll talk about that's very surprising, Sacramento Kings. Now, Bill Simmons and Ryan Brasillo were super high on the Kings. I didn't quite see it because I just didn't know what they were going to be like. And I thought the West was going to be super tough. Now, it is super tough, but they've been really good. Like they've been really, really well. And I'm I'm actually really, really like, I don't know how to say this, but I just really enjoy like the the competitive hustle and the and the sense of freedom I think Mike Brown instills and lets that team play with. Like I think it's really, really cool to see. And I'm really happy for them to see to see, you know, a team like Sacramento Kings have been the worst team ever since I started playing watching the NBA be like I'm really excited to see them you know be better again and I know I could be early with this but they've been really good like they've been really really good and I'm happy to see it I'm happy to I'm happy to see you know a player like De'Aaron Fox start and they've realized his potential you know I think he's an all-star right now if you ask me I think he's done a really really good job there DeMontis Sabonis has been really good for them too. He he just, you know, lays that platform for them in a, in a defensive center, center and he's a great piece offensively too. Kevin Hurd is shooting the absolute piss out of it. He's been really, really well for them. And they've got a good player in Keegan Murray, I think, who can really be a nice, solid piece for them. You know, he, 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 can, he can shoot the ball well. He can defend pretty good. But he just does a little bit of everything, and he's just got something about, like, He's just got the eye tests, you know, down pat. Like, he, he just reads the game pretty well. So I'm actually really happy to see Sacramento go really, really well. I wouldn't be shocked if they make the playoffs, if they make the six. Uh, I, will, I will say that they, 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 are, they are a team that isn't super-duper, like, deep. But they have some good pieces, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them make it, you know, make the, NBA, uh, make the playoffs. But those are my teams that have been really, really happy watch, you know, really surprising, and Mike Brown, he's done a really good job there, so I'm really, really happy, doesn't shock me that he's done a good job, he's come from Steve Kerr, you know, the best coach in the NBA, you know, right now, if you ask me, if I was to take a coach, you know, Pop's a little bit different, because he's a different situation, but Steve Kerr, for me, is the most evolving coach I've seen in a long, long time, and he's, his thoughts and ideas and systems is very... Very competent. I'll say it's a very competent system, and it's proven to be winning. They win fifty percent of the time, the championship in the part in, in his eight years as NBA coach. So that's the best record anyone's ever had. Now I will move on to teams that I think should tank right now, straight away. They haven't had a great start. I will say one of the teams had a good start, but then they you know came back to the pack. I think teams like the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Pistons, albeit. 
they are bad and they're trying to tank and not be great, I think that they should really consider the fact that you could get a generational piece right now in Victor Wabanyama. Victor's a absolute stud. Like he's he's a can't miss prospect. You know, if he was to come into the NBA now as what he is, I think he'd be a perennial all star. You know, I, I, I think the, the room for improvement with that guy is it's insane. We've never seen a player like him. You know, like he, he shoots the ball so well. He defends the rim so well. He's seven foot four, seven foot five, probably with shoes on, right? But he also handles like a KD. Like we haven't seen like KD was like the player we see. Like he's like KD two point if you ask me. Like it's it's incredible to see. So I'm really interested to see what they'll do there. The teams, what teams will do there, like to start taking. But I think like the Pistons, I didn't think they thought they were going to be this bad at the start, but they should look to take straight away too. Spurs, Rockets, the Thunder will, but there's a little bit of an asterisk with the Thunder that I'll talk about a little bit, a little bit later. But I think teams should really start to look at taking. I thought a team like the Pacers would have, would have taken, but they're going pretty good at the moment. I did talk about that a little bit earlier, but I think that they'll fall back to the pack and they could look to, to be a team to take. Because, you know, if you could, tr- if you, you know, lock out and you get Victor with Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Bafford, that's the perfect starting, you know, a rebuild for me. A great big, a really good sound wing, and a great lead guard that can initiate offense for me. So I would really like to see him, you know, land at the Pacers. You know, and then the second piece there would be a Scoot Henderson, who's a really, really good player, who could possibly have been a number one pick in his own, right, if he didn't have Victor Wembanyama there. So it's a great draft. You know, the top two are really good. You know, maybe the best top two since Jared Dyer. But before that, like, that were really good. Like, a, you know, we got a Carmel and LeBron one year. You know, that was really, really nice to see. So, you know, really, really interesting for me right now. Hold on one second. But yeah, that's 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 a that's a really nice you know draft in the moment, and some teams should look to take. I will say right now, if I wanted to see Victor at one team, you know, also sorry, you got to throw in there the Lakers don't have their pick; it's gone to the Pelicans. So if the Lakers go more south than what you know, really bad, there's a possibility he could end up at the Pelicans. If the Pelicans get him, it will be insane for basketball. They'll have Zion, they'll have him. Ingram, you know, they will dead set possibly be, you know, in two years' time, they can win the comp. Like, that's a dead set genuine possibility. So, because he'll go into a win-now mode, but, like, he's crazy. Like, I don't think we've seen a player like Victor right now. Like, I could be super, like, hot on that take where, like, he could, if he goes to the right team, he could catapult them into contender status straight away. Like, he's pretty good. Like, he's like he's great right now. I reckon he'd be an all-star right now if he was in the NBA. Like, he's only going to get better. This is his base, you know, so it's very interesting to see. Now, I will go into some teams that are the, some players right now, sorry, not teams, players right now that I would say are the most untradeable. Like, no matter what offer, you wouldn't trade them. Couple players, not a lot. One player might surprise you, but I don't think if you actually watch him right now, this season, you would say, yeah, he's untradeable. First player, no no shock, Giannis. Giannis is very untradeable. We all know what he can do. Luca, Luca for me, very high on Luca Doncic. I remember I did a podcast back in 2020 when he, you know, nearly single-handedly took Slovenia to the gold medal. Uh, I thought I thought he would have been like this, and he's, sh- sh- you know, surely proving me, 
proving me, you know, how great he'll be. You know, he got that Mavericks to the conference finals, albeit gentlemen sweep. That team didn't have another genuine second piece. You know, they did have Jalen Brunson, but he wasn't like a lot of people, a lot of NBA casuals didn't know how good Jalen Brunson was. But Jalen Brunson was good. But yeah, like he's that good. I would say Jar's in there right now. Jar's untradeable for me. You know, I think if he can, like there's, he hasn't really got injured, you know, touch wood, but he's really, really sound right now. He, he just does all the right things. And that's so big for me. Like he does all the right things. He plays well. He plays with that that hunger. And he's just got that, that it factor about him, right? Just like he doesn't know any other way, but 100%. That's what I love in a player. I also think Tatum is very untradeable right now for me. I think he's super, super, you know, untradeable. He's taking that Boston Celtics team to the top seed with all the bullshit they had with Ime Yudoka. Like, they haven't really missed a beat. You know, they haven't really missed a beat. So I, I would say he's untradeable. A couple of years ago, people were like, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, if you trade one, a lot of people were like, oh, trade Tatum. Like, I was never on that train. I was like, nah, Tatum's, Tatum's one of the best players in the league. How can you trade him? Like, it's wild to me. But, you know, people are a bit crazy. People have hot takes. And then the last player I'll throw in there, you know, there's a, there's a sorry, I'll throw Steph Curry's in there too, but last player I'll throw in that I'll talk about, a lot of people might not think it, but Shea Gilgis Alexander is untradeable for me. Like, that guy, he is the best player, like, percentage-wise, going into the rack. You know, he, he, he just plays so nice. And the way I'll, I'll articulate it, a lot of people were like, oh, Shea Gilgis, he's this great player. He's this great player. He's just on a bad team, right? And it's like, it's like you know, if he's, it's like, you know, he's this new up and coming. He's the, he's the best, best, the best, you know, actor, you know, up and coming. But he's always doing TV movies. Like, is he that good? Is he really that good? Like, the cast he's with is great, but like, he's a standout in it. But I'm just like, yeah, you put a lot of players on that team that look like standouts, right? But this year he's actually starting to look like, you know, a dead set stud, an untradeable asset for me. And I think Sam Presti is really, really brewing this team to become a great team. Like I'll say, I'll say it on record in five years time, the Thunder will be a top, top team. You know, with Shea there, I don't think they'll trade him ever now. Never say never, he won't play for another team, but he won't get traded. I think Giddy's a great lead point guard. He'd do a little bit of everything and he's only going to get better. They've got Chet, you know, sitting on ice for this season, you know, and then they're going to have another good pick again, regardless, because they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, if they luck out and get a victor, you know, like you got two twin towers there, you know, you got you got Gideon and Shea, like that's a dead set great foundation, you know, right there. But they have good, good players like Lou Dort, who's only 24, like 23, like he's only a young guy too. Like they're really starting to build, they're starting to get better. Now, a lot of these, a lot of NBA like casuals don't know a lot of these players for the Thunder, and I actually had to really watch them. Mark Dagnall, Dignall, sorry, he does a really good job, like, with what he has. Like, it does remind me of Brett Brown type vibes where they were just horrible. They didn't really have any good, like, when he was coaching the Sixers, like, back when the Sixers were tanking when they had the uh, almighty Sam Hinkie, like, they had a horrible teams. Like, they didn't have good teams, and their players were injured all the time. But they're really starting, you know, I think they're starting to see a little bit of glimmer of light right now, and... I think Shea's going to be that real big piece for them. And he, he's got them a couple games where they shouldn't have won. Like, they, he's got them some wins this year. And that's how good I think he is. I think he'll be untradeable. I think he'll be an all-star this year too. 
I think he definitely deserves it. If he doesn't get it, it'll probably just be depending on the Thunder's record at the time of the All-Star break or the time they pick an All-Stars. But he's been really, really good and really, really, you know, un, you know, he's become that player from, you know, he can be a good player. You know, can he be a franchise player? to like, this guy's untradeable. Like, for the age he is, for what he's doing, how he's doing it, it's actually really, 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 you know, impressive to me. But, guys, that's today's podcast. I do hope you enjoy listening to it. I'll try to get two podcasts up a week or one podcast up a week. You know, don't quote me on that, but I have really enjoyed getting back into it. But as again, guys, thank you for listening. I do appreciate you guys as always and uh, have a great day.